Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Leeds Up podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco Dean. Hello. It's it's Bank Holiday Monday. We've we've left a bit of time to try and digest things after the Palace loss, but I don't feel any clearer as to how it happened. But before we go into that, thanks ever so much again to BassandBly.com for sponsoring the podcast, which is Premier Optics retailer. They sell tons of camera, well, photographic gear, binoculars, cameras. All good stuff. Justin there, big Leeds fan. And uh, segue nicely, he told me he wasn't going to listen to this podcast because he was too sad after the weekend <laughs> result. So fair enough. You've you've helped you've helped keep us running, but not willing to listen. Oh dear. I don't blame him or anybody for not listening to this. So yeah, thanks for listening, anybody. But my <laughs> God, yeah, it was. Uh, do you know what the? I've never really got the saying. It's the hope that kills you until this weekend like you know I was so hopeful and I was feeling so good and then just to be smashed in the face like that with those five goals just absolutely killed me it was it was awful and and like you just said yourself like yeah I don't think I've felt worse since since the Wigan game I had the same feeling came home I think it made it worse that it was Easter Sunday like I'd, I'd sacrificed my roast dinner my favorite dinner of the year I'd was porridge getting back to that after that match and then and I just went to bed 6 p.m. I was just like I just don't want to do anything it was it was absolutely awful and even though the situation's not as catastrophic yeah it's just just the shock really of of how it went so horrifically wrong when it was looking so good at the start of the week I felt good because there was lovely pictures of Willie Nyonto on his driving lesson looking all cute in his hoodie next to next to the car and I felt good. That was like the run up to it was was nice, and and I thought we talked about it on the last podcast that Palace had had so many shots on goal in the last game, and a bit of a worry. And then we got we got into the ground and started playing, and we we started off really really well. And you know, obviously everyone could see that for themselves, but it was 
in the ground. It was a it was a buzz and there was a good atmosphere and you could tell that the South Stand had probably had a few jars that afternoon for their Easter Sunday and it was just a really good atmosphere and it and it all felt positive and and we were we were knocking and knocking and and we were getting good shots in and and then Bamford obviously scored a great header from a set piece from the from the from the corner and they went over to the bench and celebrated which I thought was really good and it was obviously felt like something they'd worked on in training that had, that had come off which is really good and but they were having a few chances here and there and I think they hit the bar didn't they at one point I hit the post and yeah just seemed to be getting closer and we were just panicking a little bit and giving away stupid free kicks and then obviously they they scored before they the end of the first half and there was a there was a little piece of me that did think when they scored, like because because everyone in the ground was relaxed whilst we're playing. Like a lot of people just talking and a few people leaving early for beers in the first half. And I just thought, mm, I've I've been to a game like this before where there's just a very very complacent atmosphere and it never sits well with me because I think when we're complacent, the team become complacent as well. Yeah, yeah, I think there definitely will have been an element of that. I think we we gave away one silly free kick and got away with it, didn't we? Well, I mean, it was. I think they had a shot and, and Melier yeah, saved it. And then the other one, I've, I've not really seen a proper replay of it, but it just seemed so needless. I feel like we were even in possession, but Rocker had already sort of committed to committing a foul and and you know needless. And when they scored that goal, it was you know I I felt I felt really bad. I felt worse than when Forrest scored even though, you know, I still felt like we would go on to win, but I, I was just really, really annoyed. I don't know if Melier could have done better. I, I think he might have slipped, but I don't know if that's being kind. I'm not sure, but it was just a mess. And I think all our set-piece defending was was messy. We've been lucky to get away with a couple, like you say. But, yeah, I, I don't think anybody in the ground expected what happened after the break. It was it was just shocking, wasn't it? Yeah, it was absolutely abysmal, and, and like I say, I don't really know where to pick it apart. It's it's very difficult. And well, well, let's start with Luke Aylin because there's so many people giving him stick and just trying to sort of end his career in in a tweet, basically. And it's it's like he's not had a good few games, and he does need taking out of the team and giving a rest, and and that might not even be the right answer because. Christensen's not not had the best of seasons when he started and thus Aileen having to step up and, and come in as well. But I think he just needs taken out of the, the, the firing line and but you know, people just trying to crucify him. Like what what good does that ever do for anyone? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't even agree that he should be taken out of the team, to be honest. I'd rather see Aileen there, I'd back him to come back. I don't think he's finished. I think he he offered plenty on 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 Sunday. Yeah, they, they were getting around him easily. I thought he played worse against Forrest. And although the first goal, you know, he he was caught completely cold, didn't didn't challenge for the header and, and he knew it straight away. You know, Ailing's the type of player that everybody's calling out for. Everyone's saying, Oh, we need leaders, we need leaders. Well, well, Ailing is a leader and but the problem is <laughs> leaders only really work if there's somebody that, you know, somebody that is actually gonna keep playing well, I suppose. You you can't really doesn't really work having a leader who's struggling himself you know so it's it's a bit of a wishy-washy comment in the first place but I, I'd rather have Ailing. I mean Christensen for the fourth I'm jumping but for the fourth goal he was it was in the penalty box left us four on two it was absolutely ridiculous it was brainless and then and then same for the fifth goal just stood there playing them all five yards on side so you know why is Ailing coming out of the team for Christensen going in 
any any better when you know Ailing offers so much more going forward. I'd I'd, I'd stick with Ailing. Understand people's frustrations, and no one will be more annoyed than Ailing himself. He you know he'll 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 be devastated. So yeah. I'd, just think the over it's just an overreaction. And and the same with all the old guard. They always seem to get the blame, you know, Forshaw coming onto the bench and you read the comments and you're just thinking, what? You know, Forshaw's a, a good quality player. You know, all these all the old guard that we've tried to replace with 250 million or whatever that we've spent in the Premier League, how many of them have actually been upgraded upon? And it just shows you that these are these are, you know, difficult players to replace. So I think they all deserve more. That was who the well, who eventually went out to on the right hand side. I think when Aylin sort of swung a leg at the ball to try and cross it to Jack Harrison, it's very reminiscent of Rodrigo trying to switch a ball, wasn't it, <laughs> against Arsenal? But I saw a couple of stats on Elise actually, and in since the start of the twenty twenty Premier League season, only Kevin De Bruyne and Harry Wilson have registered more assists than him across the Premier League and Championship. Oh. And I think it's worth talking about that because we are talking about a player who is very, very good and because he's at Palace, he's probably not talked about enough. And it was so obvious that him and... I can never pronounce the name. Is it Eze or Easy? Who knows? He was having a great game. It was the second half. He was brilliant as well. And it was just that those two alone just showed how asleep we were, like especially in the middle, like Rocker and McKenney were miles off everything. It was I, I don't I don't know what it was. There's loads of rumors and talk of like a, a bust up in the changing room on social. Don't know how much any of that is true. And talks of McKenney's mate making comments about him wishing he'd never come to Leeds and stuff. You just think, ah, oh, come on, like we don't we don't need this now. And if there is a bust up, that is like the last thing we need going into the, this part of the season. And but I kind of have faith in Pavi to kind of pull it all together. I think he's got a sensible head on him and he knows that something needs to be, well, the ship needs to be steered in the right direction very, very quickly. Yeah, I I don't give any credibility to those reports. I mean, who knows? It might be true, but, you know, to me, they're completely unsubstantiated. So I just brush them off as as nonsense. It's such an easy rumour to start. I do have a theory on what went wrong, to be honest. And uh, I think it was a collective failing. But, I mean, I did mention it after, on the Forest game. You know, I wanted us in the second half of Forest to, to go for it and, and, you know, put them to the sword. And we didn't. We sat back and, and we got the win. And I feel like that I think probably they were the tactics again. You know, have we wanted them to maybe ease off a little bit and, and the players have sort of, you know, taken that far too far. And, and once you've sort of, you know, you can't just turn it off on and off like a tap. You know, professionals say that all the time, you know, and, and especially our lot that for five years have been trained only one way, you know, 100 miles an hour constantly. And I feel like, you know, maybe they've just just switched off too much or I don't know, something, something's gone really badly wrong and then thereafter they've just completely panicked and and everything, you know, in the end, each player showed the absolute worst of themselves and, and it was just, yeah, catastrophic. So I do feel like probably, probably Javi has has to take some of the blame for it, you know, if if my theory is true at all. But if it is true, then it is something that can be fixed. You know, it's something that the players can learn from that you can't just switch off. And yeah, you know, Rocker and McKenney, so lethargic. Just you know, they just were invisible after a really good first half. You know, Rocker completely shackled as in that first half. I was really impressed, and then. 
just nowhere to be seen second half. And, you know, you mentioned that big ball across by Aileen to Harrison. Harrison didn't even jump for the header. It was pathetic. Like, and and there was too much, too much of that. You know, there, there was lots of that. Aronson just going down in the middle of the pitch and then staying down, pretending to be hurt, you know, just after half time. You know, they're the sort of things I'm happy to call the players out for because they've got to learn from that. Like, I, I we can't be having that. It's, it's just not acceptable. And it sets a standard. I really strongly believe that, you know, they, they just, they weren't up for the fight second half and, and that is unforgivable for a Leeds team. They, you know, they disgraced the white shirt in, in those moments where they didn't show fight, not from being dribbled past by a really good player. You know, I'll never yeah. crucify them for not being, you know, for, for, for failings on a technical side or anything like that, but for, for cowering in the face of adversity, which a lot of the players did. You know that's unforgivable, and and they need telling that, and I hope and I hope they realise it. Yeah, it's very well put, and I did feel that Harrison was, you know, like for the Forest game, he was just confident, and he was just going in for everything, and he was running at players. Same with Sinistera; they just didn't seem to be doing that. They just didn't seem to be trying to get past them. It was all it all felt very safe all the time. I think, well, just just have a go, and yeah, really frustrating. And Paul can't. And be on the podcast this week, but he's going to be back soon. We really hope. And uh, I've got a few messages from him to read out. And he said, I'm a Remainer. Talking, he's obviously, he's not going political on us, not just yet, anyway. But he's talking about staying put in the stadium rather than leaving early. But I'm a Remainer, but I am not one to have an, have an active pop at Leavers. I wish more people would remain and offer full support, offer the support, but fully understand people are free to choose after paying their money. I don't understand booing and personally attacking the players. Constructive criticism, yes, but maybe wait for the end of the season. We have eight cup finals to sort this out before he'd end with a lovely little cliche there, didn't he? And here's the other one. I think that our midweek game really took a lot physically and mentally whilst they were preparing for, whilst Palace were preparing for this game for eight days. And the, the goal before halftime was an absolute killer. Momentum swung and we were too drained to get it back. Yeah, thoughts on that? Yeah, working backwards, I think I think he's got a point about the tiredness. And, you know, the thing that I noticed was that, well, Rock has not played 90 minutes all season, has he? You know, it's been a reoccurring theme that he's lasted 60, 70 minutes and he's he's just played two 90 minutes back to back. Or is it three? Arsenal as well? It's probably three. So I guess maybe that that is something. Yeah, for the fans leaving, I didn't have a problem with it at all. I've got a problem with it sometimes, and depending on the context, you know, one goal down or two goals down, you know, I'm never having that. Even though it's still a personal choice, I just, just don't understand it. But 5-1 down on Easter Sunday, nah, they can do what they want. I stayed till 90 minutes, but there's been times in the past, I remember when we lost, I think like 4-1 to Cardiff under Grayson, and I was in the, I was in the curry house before the final whistle, so... You know, I'm, I'm not one to criticise, but yeah. And also, you know, free to vote with their feet in this sort of case as well. You know, being 5-1 down, I think, you know, sometimes it's it's good not to just stand there singing we all love Leeds, you know, constantly. You know, maybe the players do need that as a bit of a kick up the arse that, you know, yes, we're brilliant supporters, but, you know, <laughs> there's a line and, and yeah, rather than booing them and, and you know, turning toxic, I think I'd probably rather people just leave and, and share their feelings that way. Personally, I've never left a game early and I don't think I could do it. There was so many fibres in my body that wanted to leave like early yesterday, but I just I just don't think I could ever do it. And 
yeah, it's. I think it's it's fine to to leave the the ground if you're feeling that way. And I think I think the the main thing I settled on yesterday when I saw people going out is I thought, well, do you know what? This fixture's been moved so many times; it should never have been on Easter Sunday anyway. That fair play, like if you want to go, go because you have been messed about big time, and you finally come here, probably battled with your family to leave them to go watch the game because I know I did, and then you've got to sit through that. So part of me thought, yeah, I understand. But yeah, it's I, I, it's the first time in, in a long time I've been utterly speechless after a game and really struggled to to process everything that's gone on. But I just feel massively deflated today. And I think the the one positive I can think of that I keep going back to is if this was like the game that that we were pinning everything on, it would be utterly devastating. But having this massive kick up the ass with a good amount of games to go is okay and it's it's in a way that's that's probably the one thing that I'm sort of clinging on to and thinking yeah I think the players have learned a massive lesson going into these next few games and they cannot switch off yeah I think that's a good point and you know I'm I am gonna maintain the belief that the players are good enough you know I, I've, I've thought that for a for a couple of weeks now I've been sort of flirting between the two all season but I think we are good enough, you know. I, like, I mean, even you know, cock and stroke, we conceded five goals, but I mean, they did a lot of good things. Like, I was really impressed first half with them, and I know, I think probably cock, cock switches off at sometimes when the ball comes in the box. I think he's, I think he's guilty of ball watching sometimes. And again, is that something that can be taught out of them? I don't know, but I, I do think there's enough in there to to have enough good performances to get enough points. I think, I think they have got the mentality. The majority of them have been through it last season and got through it. You know, it's a very different situation now. But yeah, like you, I, I, I just would like to think that you can't just suddenly think we're doomed just from from that one one game, one half. You know, Javi's been doing some really good stuff. We've all been delighted with him. You know, we all loved him before Sunday, and I'm and hopefully everyone still does. So there's no reason not to have faith, really. It, it was it, it was a horrific, horrific thing that happened on Sunday, but I don't think there's any reason there to think that that's it for the rest of the season. Like I say, eight whole games. And, you know, it would just be, it would be just like football for Leeds to respond and, and come back and beat Liverpool. I'm not going to say they will, but, you know, it, I wouldn't be that surprised if they did. But really what we're looking at then is, is the three big games, you know, Fulham, Leicester, which is just going to be monumental, and then Bournemouth after that. Like those three are going to shape shape the season, shape the players' careers in a lot of cases, and probably even shape Radrazani's uh, reign at Ellen Road. If we get through them and we stay up, then you know everything everything's all right. Yeah, it's uh, like you say, Liverpool's one that again I keep going over in my mind, and I think I'll go over it a thousand times <laughs> before panicking about it, but. We we've got we have got really good attacking players like we do you know Sinistera Harrison Somerville and Nyonto all very good players Nyonto I hope he's not injured by the way because it looked to be his ankle again didn't it which would be leads that all over and I think Liverpool have come under a lot of stick this season for their midfield in particular their aging midfield and you think well if we can click in that game and and in that area of the field and we win those battles there's a really good chance we could get something out of it but it's a it's a it's a big one to ask for a result out of and like you say I think those upcoming fixtures Leicester Bournemouth Fulham they're just massive 
they will shape the season ultimately and decide on where we end up. So, yeah. Anything else to cover? Man of the match? Are we doing man of the match? Abandoned this week? <laughs> I mean, I'd probably give it to Cock, to be fair. Just, what about but... first, first half man of the match? First half man of the match? Ah, oh, it's a tough one this week. There's so many contenders. I thought Furpo was excellent. Strike, Cock, Rocker. Yeah, it, it it was a fantastic first half. Just such a shame about the, the injury time goal. Yeah, nothing else is there. Why don't we talk about Jesse Marsh turning down Leicester? What about that? Well, that's true. I mean, the goal on the guy is pretty impressive, isn't it? It's like, go deep into negotiations and just say no at the last second. Twice he's done that in the space of a few weeks. It's incredible. I don't know whether it is overconfidence or like insecurity. I I, I don't know. I'd love him to be analysed by by a shrink because I just I don't know. I feel like he just don't believe in himself and he's he's a bit scared of getting stung again. But weird, very someone, weird. Someone to sit next to at the football, Adam. I don't know if he listens. Hello, Adam. He said a few weeks ago in the run up to Southampton. Sorry, at the point of him to be going to Southampton, that contractually that if you move to another club, your compensation, they kind of, your, your next agreement has to be over a certain, well, it would have to be a certain value or period of time to kind of pay back the club that have given you the, I don't know how it works. So I think that's possibly why he was turning down Southampton because they were only offering a short-term deal and he would effectively lose the money that he, his severance money from Leeds. I don't know how true that is. Someone out there will be able to tell us the truth. And something similar might have happened at Leicester. I don't know. That's a fair point. Fair point, yeah. But see that being true. But also, it looks like Dean Smith's about to be appointed for Leicester mm. and John Terry. And there's history there, and you think, oh, God, is that what we need? Uh, I know. Well, I mean, to be fair, I was, I was worried about Jesse coming to bite us on the arse as well. So if it does happen, I'd prefer it to be, oh, would I? God, Smith and Terry. I can't, I can't, can't. Can't hack that. <laughs> it's the, yeah. only, the only thing that ever comes into my mind when I hear those two names is John Terry sort of spitting words at Marcelo Bielsa on that replay. They're given the goal as well. Absolutely. Exactly. Ignoramus. Ugh. Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, it, I was worried. I think, what's his face? I uh, can't remember his name now, but one of the the, the, the Italian journalists, Romano. Yeah, Fabrizio uh, Romano. Fabrizio, yeah, that's the one. He... He was saying that Benitez was about to take it, but then at the very same time, the Athletic were reporting Dean Smith, and it, yeah, it sounds like it is Smith, which I'd prefer it to be Smith, I think. Obviously, it didn't go well for him at Norwich. But yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, we've got a head start on Leicester, four-point start on them, and we've got them at home. We've got to be confident of finishing above them, and feels to me, looking at the fixtures, it feels to me like we just have to be finished above Leicester. I think Southampton and Forest will take care of themselves. So, yeah, big one coming up. God, I feel a little bit sick. Oh, dear. Right, so next next game, Liverpool at home. It's going to be a long week waiting for that. And hopefully we can all shake off the, the gutted feeling <laughs> after that game. I'm actually going with Justin to the Liverpool game. So Nice. From bassandbly.com. There you go. Nice little segue. <laughs> Rocco, are you going to it next week? Oh, you're away, aren't you? I'm away, yeah. I'm promoting my book in Bulgaria and <laughs> Poland. <laughs> are you actually in uh, Bulgaria and Poland? Yeah, I am, yeah. Work dragging there, but I am going to... I'm going to. It's going to work out quite well. So the, the eternal derby of Sofia is on in the afternoon because they've got their... It's their Easter weekend. So I'm off to that. 
I, I contacted, contacted the club to try and get tickets to see how to get tickets and told them I was an author and they've invited me into the into the press box. <laughs> so, so that's going to be a great experience. And then I'll be, that'll, it's on early enough to leave me time to, to get back and watch Leeds. So a bit good, obviously, to, to be missing Ellen Rowe, but hopefully I miss a classic. And, and yeah, we'll all feel a hell of a lot better when we next talk. Yeah, that's, wow, rocker. Getting the, you, so you basically are on a proper book tour. I, we were just joking, but you are. So, well, uh, yeah, have a good week, everyone, and don't dwell on it too much. Think of all the positives, if you can find them, what those positives are. Send us a message so we can feel positive too. Yep, see you soon. All the best. Network.